This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, making goo-goo eyes over here across from me is Evan Grant. Well, you know, we do a video cast, too. Well, it's it's kind of snippets of the podcast, but it's a video cast, and fortunately, the camera is trained on me. And who would want to see that? Yeah. And and here here to my my left is David Moore, uh, also on the podcast. You know, uh, I noticed when I watched it on YouTube that they cut out most of your stuff, and I thought that was really good. Whatever. So, anyway. So, the Cowboys won. Everything's well. Right, David? Sure. Yeah. This, no, week. this week the offense is this awesome, week. right? Hey, how can you have any questions about this offense? No. Everything, everything's fixed. It was just a little bump in the road those just first three weeks. Road. I will say this coming back home, what is it about the NFL? Why, you know, these are grown men, the professionals, and they. And they go on the Some road. Say grown ass men. <laughs> yeah, the but vernacular hey, at the moment. What's with the NFL these days? <laughs> yeah, but you but you go on the road and oh no, like you can't win on the road. Oh no, then you come home. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll win here. We'll win here. This is like this is like little kids to me. It's like you need to be able to take this act on the road with you, pal. If you can't if you can't win on the road, if you're a good team, you need to be doing that too. And you can't just always retreat to come home. But that's what happens with not only the Cowboys but but most NFL. Players. Well, the good teams do win on the road, and actually. The Cowboys have been a better road team over the last four or five years than they've been a home team. That's uh, true. AT&T we, has given them really no advantage. They yeah. were 500 through ten, the first 10 years of AT&T. They were 500 team at home. Uh, they were a better team on the road. So that's inexplicable as well. But, yeah, th- so far this season, this has been a dr- dramatically different team at home then they've been on the road, yeah. and two of their next three are on the road. Yeah, and that's uh, so that we'll, we'll see how they bounce back out of that. I, you know, to me, the things they did uh, against the Lions uh, were was the the typical old school Cowboys formula for success. You know, we'll get up here. We're, we're, if, even if they're not up early, they're close. You can still run the ball. You sure. can you can still do the things that that, that form their identity and allow them to get that established. And they and they did that. And, you know, the, the Lions never really got up on them very much and and so that uh, that enabled them to do these things and then and then they're doing the things and they're they're splitting Zeke out wide they're doing stuff like that and then they're throwing him the ball and throwing him the ball downfield for that matter and not just as a default mode I mean he was 11 receptions for 37 yards coming into the game his screen pass that he scored on in the second quarter went for 38 yards so yeah. that one pass was more than he had in the first three right too often in those first three games he was the dump down option. Okay, there's nowhere else to go. They weren't really devised for him. Right. He is not only your best at this point, arguably your your only consistent playmaker on the offensive side of the ball. Construct 
something for him in the passing game where you're going to him and get him in space, and you saw them do a better job of that uh, in this game than they had at any point in the season. Although I will say the week before, he did have a 32-yard touchdown where he drifted out of bounds inexplicably yeah. when no one was around him. So, But, but I, think, I think that mistake factored into how dialed in he was in this past game, and, and especially in the past game. And, and I'll tell you, the, not a, the, his reception, but also the, the pass that Dak threw on that final drive, on that uh, little uh, inside fade, uh, over the top for 38 yards that got him down in position to kick the game-winning field goal. That was just an outstanding. It was an outstanding pass the way it was dropped in. But you know he was mashed up with a linebacker who has really good speed, and he was still able to gain that separation. And that right. wasn't an easy catch. He's looking nope. over his shoulder with a guy right on top of him, and he goes in and makes it and go. I mean, it was so. So you can tell his ability as a receiver, and they worked on that a lot in training camp and. And that is one thing. I will say that, you know, the Cowboys work on a lot of things in camp, and sometimes you never see them make it to the game. And I think that's part of Jason Garrett's methodical nature. He just wants to go through it so much in camp or in practices and maybe vets it to death before he will put it in a game. And uh, once he goes in a game, it usually works. But there's usually a long delay from when your inception working on it to when it actually materializes. But, but yeah, I think you know another thing they did in, in uh, this game, which I think was, was key, is that they came out nine of their first twenty snaps were no huddle or hurry up offense, yeah. and then for the game, nineteen I believe nineteen of their sixty five. So basically, one in every four snaps was in the hurry up offense, and Dak. That helps Dak get his 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 rhythm. Uh, it it He's helps the offensive line. Yeah, yeah and, and I think you're going to see that uh, really to the percentages we saw at this past game more going forward. Now, sometimes it's harder to do that on the road because you don't have uh, – because of the crowd noise taking away the hard count and doing some other things. But uh, I, I think the the only time we've really seen them get into a rhythm – or start to establish some continuity in their offense this year. It, in my mind, it has stemmed from them going to the hurry-up offense. So I would, again, it's not going to be a staple, but I think you're going to see it about 20 to 25% of the time as we do this past game. Did he, uh, I don't remember, did he do a lot of that at Mississippi State? Yeah, he did. Yeah, and, I, uh, I feel like that must, there, may, there has to be a reason why he feels so comfortable. He just has that. a comfort zone in that. And yeah. again, when... You know, when you're unsure about your protection, which he appears to be when he stands back there in the pocket for too long, right. uh, what better way than to take, in, in essence, in some ways, to take the protection out of it? Just drop back, boom, go, whatever you see, you go with it right away. Well, you know, if you look at the quarterbacks who had the most success in the game, and this was a surprising stat to me I saw the other day, was that uh, the, the Dak is actually getting more protection time than most quarterbacks are getting. You, you would think he's not. but it, it, No, he is. In that, yeah, in that Seattle game, he had more time to throw, and now he opted to throw down to your – last option and right. was getting no yardage out of it right normally when you spend that much time in the pocket your yards per attempt is going to be much higher than what Dax, Dax has been this season yeah and and of course we know that Tony Romo was a you know he's back there forever waiting on it but the guys that have had to me the Tom Brady the Peyton Manning's the guys making pre-snap 
uh, uh, judgments, and then they're getting the ball out. Mm-hmm. You know, you you know that's the Patriots' mo. When when, when Garoppolo would get in, sure. when, when any of their backups got in behind Tom Brady, snap the ball, the ball's out. There's not a lot of time standing back there looking around, and they, they know where they want to go, uh, and they're and they're finding. It. And then I'm not saying that they're not going through the progressions, but I, I think that they're that they're able to make enough pre-snap judgments sure. that they can they can make that decision quickly. And and I think that's what he has to be able to do. Uh, now I, I want to ask you about the at the a couple of times when they got down there close to the end zone, and then boy things just really, you know, blew up. You know, and one and and it's interesting to me that the two options on the I believe it was before the field goal were to throw to Jeff Swain and then you bring in Rico Gathers. Like yeah. that was a shock to everybody that you're going to go to Rico when you bring him in. You know, and on either one of those plays, at first glance the throws look terrible. Uh, but then when you look at it, you know, on the, on the replay, you see that, you know, that nothing against Jeff Swain was a blocker, but he's got about a three-inch vertical leap. Yeah. Uh, and then on the other side, when he goes to gathers, you know, that ball looked like it was really thrown high. But when you, when you go back and look at it, Rico can't push that guy off. It was designed to throw high. Rico did not do a good job of, <clears throat> of sealing the guy off. No. That was, not, that was not a fade route. That was what that was to get to your spot as quickly as possible, go into your power forward blockout, which is what he was at Baylor, block out this smaller guy. He's going to throw it high, so you're the only one who can catch it. But he he wasn't in a good position to jump. He didn't have him sealed off. He let him around on his his shoulder. And so he was able to go up with him and get a hand in his face while the ball was thrown. If he would have – if Rico would have sealed him off properly and taken the proper – proper angle and gotten there quicker uh the ball i think primarily was thrown where they wanted it thrown that was that was all on rico but look this is why they kept rico gathers to give them a red zone threat yeah uh if you're not going to do that but if you don't convert no yeah yeah that that was see so to me that's you know i I still you know no dak is not a particularly accurate quarterback he's not going to put it in a certain place where only your guy can get it i mean that's what tony romo did He's not that quarterback, but it wasn't it wasn't that bad in those situations. And and to me, it still remains the fact that this receiving core, the tight ends included, uh, is just not doing a lot for. I, I watch these guys catch the ball, and, and it's amazing to me uh, on their technique. Sometimes, you know, even Cole Beasley, who's about as he's as good as they get on this team. You know, he runs great routes. He's got he's got really good hands. He does a great job. But a couple of times on balls above his waist. He's reaching out with his hands like this instead of taking his hands like this. Mm-hmm. You put your hands like this, you can reach further, and it's, it's above your that's, waist. That's, that's just makes good radio. Yeah, Which are, <laughs> like this. We're on the we're like on the YouTube here. Okay, but you, when you're above so your YouTube. waist, it's palms out like this, not not with your hands like like uh, turned out like this. And it, and and there's too many times when I see these guys do that. Or they or they're trying to catch the ball in with their body. You know, there's not a lot of hands catchers on this team. You know, and that's, I cannot, and that doesn't help. That doesn't help. I, Go ahead, Evan. Evan has something to say. I just don't get um, – I, I don't know quite how to phrase this, but golly, we've spent a lot of words on a guy who doesn't have a catch this year. Rico? Yeah. Continue I mean, to. Fans were clamoring for him. Now that they saw him on that one play at the goal line, it's like, why are they carrying this guy? What's going on? <laughs> Not only that, this is his third season in the league, and he has yet I, to have a catch. I so. don't get it. What? Oh, because he, because in the in the in the preseason games he, he looks pretty good. You know, in the preseason games, I, I, I you know I watched him the 
few times I've been out there for practice. Eddie looks real comfortable. He's catching the ball. He catches it with ease. You know, he does have pretty good hands. And so, so you think, oh, this guy could be pretty good. But in, but in that play in particular we're talking about, you're not, you don't have both feet under you. You try to jump off one foot. That's I mean, the only reason he's on the roster to make the play that he didn't make in that game. Absolutely. So how many more chances is he going to get? Well, because again, you're carrying four tight ends. Yeah, well, it, 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 and, that's, and that's an issue for me now. Because if you watch that game the other day, the, you know, the, the defense, and now for two weeks in a row, the defense has not looked as good. It's, it still looks good. But it doesn't look as dominating as it did. Well, in the, this in was the, first the best quarter, and, and I'll tell you what I, I thought that it doesn't look as good as it looked against the Giants and Eli Manning walking around there with his cane. Oh, quit making fun of Eli; he's not that bad. Uh, but I, I think one of the issues is, is and I've said this, I'm not writing about Earl Thomas anymore, no more. <laughs> you will. I, I've officially. You will. But if Earl Thomas had been in that game the other day, uh, Earl Thomas is not going to be in any games. Okay, he, he, any more games? He might. No, he might next no. year. He might maybe next year. But but here's the thing. Now, poor Jeff Heath. Th- those are those will end up being memes uh, on on the little fake out down the sideline down there. Yeah, when he, comes he got up. yeah. And then and then he then he lets Matthew Stafford fake him out. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I think you're talking about gifts. Well, either way, gifts or memes. No or, memes. Memes, memes are, are still well, it's gifts. A still, actually, but you could show you could show him lying on his face there as. Uh, as the receiver runs around him, you okay. could do that. You could do that. So anyway, uh, my po- my point is is that what uh, is your point? The point? Their cornerback, the cornerback play has been very good. And these guys are playing at a really high Cornerback's level. Cornerback's been outstanding. Yeah, and 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 even though Golden Tate had big numbers in that game, you go back and and you look at some of the the balls that he ca- caught over Chitobeyawuzia, and you say, what more? Could Avuzia have done there? Right. I mean, he stayed with them. He knew where the ball was. Right. He really wasn't out of position. Uh, those were great. Ca- I mean, those were contested catches. It were, they, those were weren't easy throws. catches. Yeah. Yeah. Great throws, yeah. and they weren't easy catches. No. No. That's what both of those guys. You know, and, and our guy John Owning, who's now our uh, video, uh, what our scout, our Cowboys our, scout, our Cowboys video scout yes. coordinator, whatever we're going to call him. Byron Jones, they don't even go go at him. He said that he <laughs> might be playing the best cornerback in the in the in the league right now. He he's been outstanding. Yeah. So Which again, begs the question: Why wasn't this move made earlier? Well, when abso- you see this, absolutely, but, yeah. absolutely. So but he's been outstanding. Yeah. And and last week was the biggest test because the three quarterbacks they faced previously presented much different challenges than Stafford did. Stafford's ability to throw. And, sure. And, and you saw that. Uh, I think you saw that secondary be challenged in a way it wasn't early. Yeah, so they're not getting – so they're not getting – my point is they're not getting the safety play they need to get. You know, and, and they're thin at safety. We know that. And they, these guys are young yeah. and, and, uh, and they've been hurt. And so they're going to continue to have problems. That, that They're showing up every place else. They're getting an unbelievable pass rush. You know, Demarcus Lawrence is going to cost Jerry Jones an awful lot of money. Yes. Uh, and, and, th- and David Irving comes back this week. Oh, that's right. Works his way back in. Now, that's right. my belief is if he practices well, I think he'll be active for this game. But if not, you're, you may be looking at, at week five next week against yeah. – uh, Jacksonville before he comes, but I I would anticipate that he would be active this game. Yeah, are so, the Cowboys going to win this week? I don't know. Well, oh, you really it's got the down road. to brass tacks there, didn't you? <laughs> Evan, right? Asking the hard questions based on the current pattern, it would be no. It would be a loss on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but that being said, with their schedule coming up, 
if they're going to be competitive, they need to win this one. They need to build off of what happened in Detroit. And what, Houston won its first game in nine games Yeah, yeah. against uh, Indianapolis, and that was handed to them by the coaching decision at the end. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think Dallas is a better overall team on both sides of the ball when you look at it. Well, but, you, you hope so. But, again, they haven't – they've – this offense is still they showed signs last week and they did go 400 yard over 400 which you shouldn't dismiss uh even uh even you know the, the top offensive teams 350 to 380 is a pretty good day so um, but you still just scored 26 points it, well exactly right. but but you know i think that's at least last week or, or or this past game against detroit i believe they showed signs that they were working their way out of this offensive slump. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean they've arrived. And I, I wouldn't expect them to go from where they were to a polished offensive team. No. But, but at least they started to show the things. And, and it, wasn't, you know, it wasn't just Ezekiel Elliott accounting for 240 yards from scrimmage. Right. Um, you know, I think it would be easy to step back and look at the, the numbers and go, well, it was just – Elliot carried him. That's the only shot they have for Elliot to have a surreal game. But, you know, you had going into the game, Dak Prescott had only one completion of more than 20 yards, one in the first three games. He hit two on the second possession, uh, 31 to Jeff Swaim, and then a really nice pass to Michael Gallup uh, for yeah, 37 to get down nice. the field. Uh, the others where he had 33 and 38 to Elliott. So he was, he was making plays down the field. He was um, hitting Alan Hearns on those slants more than what you had seen. Alan Hearns had three receptions for 30. He only had four receptions in the first three games combined. Uh, you saw, and look, I think this is key too. I, I think another one of their playmakers uh, is Rod Smith. And, you know, he had only yeah. had one carry in the first three games. In this game, he got six carries uh, in a reception, so he got seven touches. So I, I think, I think things were going so bad, and they were they had this democratic offensive. Uh, they had the theory of what they wanted their offense to be in mind more than what the reality was in those first three games. And I think they were finally so bad after that third game, they went, "Look, um, you know what? We can be democratic with this, but let's let's narrow let's narrow this a little bit. Let's." You know, we're running five receivers out there uh, and, and making sure all of them get the same amount of work. Let's go with four. Uh, let's let's get Rod Smith in there. He's actually a playmaker. Let's get him on the field. So I, I think they um, they don't have a lot of things they can lean on offensively, but I think they went, you know what, let's, let's pare some of this down, give more opportunities to a fewer number of guys – that we trust right now and then try to, you know, slowly uh, build, you know, or climb our way out of this. Yeah, climb their way out is the way to put it. Uh, I think it still looks to me, though, like clearly Zeke is the best player on the offense. No question. Unless you want to count one of the offensive linemen uh, who aren't really playing at a great level at this point. That's, That's like, I mean, what kind of statement is that? Well, the the point is is that that so it takes the very best player on this guy on this team on this offense to have two hundred and forty yards for you to win. 
by, to win by two. By two points against a team that's one and three. Yeah, on a walk-off field goal. Yeah, so that shouldn't make, at you, home. That shouldn't <laughs> make you feel good. I mean, you shouldn't feel good about this offense to know that, that everybody knows. Well, well you feel good because it was so bad previously. But, but when you step back and look at just what you accomplished and who you accomplished it against, no, in the context of this means we're pointed, you know, we're competitive, there's a lot of work that needs to be done before you can say it's that. It's basically what Landon Collins said. Uh, you know, even even though that that uh, you know, I, I think what a big issue is that Dak does have to throw the ball down the field. And what people don't sure. understand is that it's not just it's not just a good thing when someone catches the ball. It's just a good thing because it gets people to back up. If you're going to throw it down the field, that people are going to think, okay, they didn't get that play connected. They might get the next one. So now we're going to have to count for that. You know, you, yeah. you know, it, it, any, any well, you have to hit it enough to where it's a legitimate oh, threat. Oh, absolutely, you do. But I'm just saying that it, it doesn't hurt just to go ahead and for him to, to try it every once in a while. Well, and, and he he conceded last week going into the game yes. that that, yes, that is something he needs to do. He needs to, to push himself out of his comfort zone there, because, again, as we've talked about before, his DNA and his first and prime, you know, his his primordial urge is to protect the ball. Right. Don't turn it over. And a lot of times it's easier to talk yourself out of a deep throw because that's more of a risk. You know, the risk-reward ratio is a much different on that pass than it is a, a dump down to yeah. uh, the edge. So, uh, so I think he's inclined to come off and not take the deep pass when it's there if he sees – if he has the slightest hint that this could go awry. All of that being said, he also acknowledged that, look, I've got to do a better job of that for all the reasons we talked about – but he said, he conceded the mindset he's gotten to after the first three games was, well, we're playing so bad offensively. I mean, we, it's, it's more important to stay on the field and, and work our way back to respectability with some drives than it is for me to take a deep shot and do a three and out. Let's go ahead and get some six or eight or nine play possessions where we can that will help us work our way out of it the problem was they weren't getting those no uh this they past to, week they, they just did. need to score some points this period. past week uh, they did yeah i mean uh, you know the two teams that are scoring less than them are buffalo and arizona, arizona. and yeah. they need to score some points there's just i i don't care if it's a three-play drive i don't care if it's a 10-play drive they've, they've got to be more effective at and that's the other the thing they make it too hard on themselves yeah. you know even this past game they had I thought they played much better, but in some ways it shouldn't have well, been I, that I, close the way they played offensively. They should no. have because, again, they settled for some field goals early. Well, that's I, I get the impression that Jason Garrett would be very, very happy to every week have a game come down to a last play field goal. That that would be – that's that's his dream. We just want to be competitive and end the game with a chance to win at the end. and. You know what? Step on some people's throats. Well, their style as a running team dictates that they're going to be closer games right. than your Los Angeles Rams who are going to get out and, and go suddenly it's 42 but, but here, here, 17. Here, here's the deal. You sh- if you are a running team with that power offense and that power offensive line, there should be something to fourth quarter just absolutely controlling sure. the line of scrimmage and pulling away. Yes. Not having to play from behind exactly. and score – 
a 38-yard, you know, a 38-yard field goal as time runs out. Exactly. To, to beat a, a, a team that's not not very good. But the but the bigger issue to me is when you get down here, and the reason you're settling for these field goals is because you have no playmakers to go to mm-hmm. in the red zone. Correct. And, that, and that's that's all, their receiving core is awful. Right. And they're, and they're, and, that's and their why best they, receivers are small. Their best route runners are Cole Beasley and Tavon Austin. Smaller and they're smaller guys. players who get lost in a more condensed right. red zone right. environment. So so that's why you have Rico Gathers out there. That's, right. And again, who is everyone focused on the red zone? Ezekiel Elliott. And, so and you've got to come up with a counter. You've right. got to have something you can do. And listen, the, the, the big offensive addition in free agency was Alan Hearns, right? And yes. He's been a complete non-factor no. until this past game. And yeah. you know he got a on a it was a third and three, and they ran that slant to him uh, that he picked up in that final drive just before the uh, the deep pass to uh, well, no, I guess it was after the pass to uh, Elliott to, to extend it and go down and and kick the field goal. But this is kind of the issue to me. If you get you know this is why you need to take shots downfield because you're going to have to you're going to have to get a 45 yard touchdown pass every once in a while because if you're running the ball and grinding down sure. the field and you get down inside the 20. They have a real problem scoring at that point. Well, I mean, you've got to have Touchdown. an ability. You get down by ten points early. You've got to have an ability to get back in the game real quick. And then, yeah. uh, and, and they don't. I don't. And this team can't. They don't. No, they don't. I. I and uh, I don't know if we we can draw a parallel here at all. But we just spent thirty minutes talking about how bad the Rangers have been at developing pitching. How bad have the Cowboys been at developing receivers? You know, I, I I I give them a lot of credit on Cole Beasley. I mean, he's a smallish guy who mm-hmm. has become a really nice slot receiver. But you know, it, it's different though. You don't develop receivers; you you draft them or you well, sign them. I mean, and, and that's what and, and you that's, draft them and then you play them and then and they make and you, and you use them. And they and they just haven't made any. Well, good scheme has on. a lot to do about it because because how often do we hear like, oh, well, Terrence Williams isn't playing real well, but he's a good blocker. You know, um, they they require their their receivers to block more in this scheme because it is a run first scheme. So that takes you away from some of the top shelf receivers who would fit in other schemes and put up big numbers that right. wouldn't necessarily do it here right. because they would say, oh, same way with tight ends. Well, we require tight ends to block. Well, very few other schemes do, or the ones that do go with their two and three tight ends, and they have their blockers, but they still have their receivers right. a tight end. They have a tight end who is a, a yes. primary receiver. And the Cow, I mean, in, in Witten for forever, the Cowboys had a receiver who was a, a tight end who was sure. a dual threat. Yeah. I mean, and, and was on the front a end of that trend. Yeah. But they don't have multiple guys, no. No, not that he's going to be a panacea of any kind, but is Bryce Butler going to get on the field against the Texans? He's not a panacea. He, he might get, you know, he's, Kind of, again, he was active in place of Terrence Williams, who was getting nine snaps a game. Right, and Butler got about that same number. You know, I think, uh, I think you saw. You know, look, here's the other. You know, Deontay Thompson was a guy they had used in the first three games, and he fell out of the rotation. He didn't have any targets this last week after I think nine catches in the first three games. So I think they showed that they're narrowing their wide receiver rotation last week. Um, I don't know at this moment if Bryce Butler will have a spot in it. But, you know, I think it's going – I think they want to get – you know, again, Gallup had more yards in the Detroit game than he had in his first three combined. Right. They want to go to Michael Gallup more. Uh, Hearns caught three passes after having only four in the first three games. I think they want to get him more involved. So I think you're looking at those two spots saying, you know what, 
let's get the ball to, to Hearns and Gallup more, but we're still going to get it to Elliott 25 to 30 times a game. So who else can we get it to? David, mm-hmm. and I, I don't have stats in front of me, and, and I, I honestly I don't know how to look this up on, on football reference or whatever, but just in general, how often do the Cowboys throw the ball 20 yards down the field? Uh, not a lot. Um, it was, and I'm not talking about, yeah. I'm not talking about total net yards. I'm talking about a 20 yard or, sure. or deeper target. Okay. Now, uh, a lot of their, that's a good, I mean, you know, their first completion that went for 31 in this game was just a rollout and a short pass to right. Swain that was, that was executed well. Right. And then there, you know, you're talking about yards after catch, but right. they, they rank in the lower quarter of the league in number of balls thrown 20 or more yards in the air. Uh, and I just think that take like you say, Kevin, that you, you've got to force some people to back up a little bit. You've you've got to be a little bit more unpredictable than that. I just don't think that that's, uh, and I don't think that's Dak's strong point. You know, I, I just don't think he 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 threw a couple of nice balls. He has done it, but you know, any quarterback can do it. It's a question of whether the guy can do it regularly. He's actually pretty good on his deep balls, on his accuracy. You think? I mean, look at the ones again. Look at the one to Elliott. Look at that one he threw to Gallup. Um. I thought those were pretty good passes. No, they were, but but I, I don't want to just take out you know anecdotally a couple of, p- of plays like that. Sure. I, I don't. It, it's just not his strong point uh, to put the ball, boy, just to really drop one in. Like when, when we saw in the Seattle game when Russell Wilson put that ball on Brandon Marshall, you know that was just yeah. just just a, a unbelievably great throw. Mm-hmm. And and Russell does do that. I mean he, he's he's pretty good. Okay, uh, so then here, here's my, here would be my question, and I. I like Dak Prescott, the quarterback, and I'm not going to back off of Dak Prescott. But my question is this. The NFL right now is a league in which you have to throw the ball 20 yards downfield. You have to be able to to hit receivers downfield. So can the Cowboys win if they don't have that element in their game? No, I don't think you can. I don't. Yeah. I, I think you're going to have to do it. I'm not. When I say that about, I, I think that Dak can do it. I'm just saying that he's not going to be a top shelf. You know, pitcher like that. Right. So uh, I, I think that they're going to have to, but they're going to have to give him. They've more. got to incorporate it, but they've got to give him sure. more tools. And he doesn't to work have with. to do it as often because the ground game is so good. Right. right. I yeah. mean, they they have they are the best running team in the league, without a doubt. They are. They. Um, they uh, but I mean, this is a team that ranks fourth in the NFL in in rushing yards. Yeah. And thirtieth in total offensive yards. Yes. You know, I. Yeah. Yeah, you, they've got a half, but he has to get more tools to work with. This is these guys. There's aren't, no doubt, but that's a, the, the the Cowboys. I think but the they Cowboys said they did, did a this, poor this all job. season. Yeah, they they have to get again. They have to get guys who maybe aren't deep threats per se, but are run after catch. Right. I mean, you know, or and, what and, guys do they have that give you anything run after catch? I think Tavon Austin does. And dare I say but, this? I mean, but then he dropped the ball in the end zone. Yeah, you know that was a perfect and that was throw. a catchable. And again, that was a deep throw. No, that was you're right. That was a perfect throw. But dare I say this? And I mean, I I know that somewhere Des is listening right now, uh, live. Even though we don't broadcast, he's not listening live. to us. He's listening. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. He Did they make a things. mistake? No, no, not with Des Bryant. No, no, because well, he was such a poor route runner. That is just one of many reasons I think now. Well, I mean, for, yeah. let, I mean, let's take the drama out of it and the the passion. But you or can't. The, but you can't take the psyche and the mental state out of it. Right. And I don't think he was equipped to stay here any longer. And I don't think he's he has not been equipped to go anywhere else right. either at right. this point. You know, I, I I still maintain that 
while the Cowboys have moved on from Des Bryant, he has not moved on from the Cowboys. And um, at, at the end, he, it was almost like a, a public therapy session heading into that week 17 last year against Philadelphia where he was talking about what he could do, what he couldn't do. Is the coach's fault. Well, maybe I'm not the same player. Of course I'm the same player. Don't you look at tape. Uh, I mean, he was wrestling with just who am I as a player. And, and uh, um, look, the, the numbers are irrefutable. I mean, there, there's been a serious decline over the last three years. And you can't just trace it to, well, Tony Romo's not getting him the ball where he wants the ball. He's, he's, a guy who, he's a guy who could only really truly play out of the X position. Um, couldn't play slot. You say, well, why no. don't you move him around like you do other receivers? They couldn't move him around because he didn't have a good enough understanding of the route tree no. and, and how to interact when things broke down. Uh, so that's why he was at one position. And, and he was able to physically dominate at that position for a long time when he lost those physical skills. Go back, look, one of, one of Dustin's greatest strengths was winning contested balls. He would get, you would throw jump balls to Des Bryant, and he would get them 85% of the time. Well, in the last year and a half, two years, that, that percentage fell below 50%. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have blazing speed. Um, but he has good size. He's competitive. He, he has a good feel for jumping and catching the ball at its zenith. But what happens when you can't jump as, as high because of the injuries you've had right. and, and you've taken a beating? And, uh, look, there's a reason he alluded to on Instagram last week that everyone was focusing on, well, he wants the right opportunity. And he was talking about getting his body right at one point. But then at the end of last week, he talks about he struggled with depression and anxiety. And that's what he's, you know, working on but he's going to sign somewhere soon. Um, you saw a broken receiver at the end of last season. And, and so often, players who are dominant, once they have their dominance broken, are some of the worst to respond going forward to do what they need to do. Now, let me just ask you one quick question because we've got to get, sure. get out of here. But on the, receiving, on the receiving side, you look at this receiving core now. Cowboys drafted Leighton Vander Esch with, the, with their first-round pick. Was that a mistake? Should they have gone Calvin Ridley or gone for a receiver? I think you like DJ Moore some. Uh, no, I didn't. I, I was well, Calvin Ridley Calvin had six Ridley. touchdown passes. To yeah, Calvin Ridley receptions. was the guy. But now he's got Julio Jones, you know, working yeah, with him on the right. other side. So that makes a big difference. And, uh, and and you know, look, there's no worse thing to pick in the first round usually than a wide receiver. Last year's, not this last pick, but the last year's pick. The first round picks among wide receivers yep. did terrible, right. you know. So Michael Gallup showed some promise. I mean, the, the question does. is, should you've gone Calvin Ridley, Derwin James, or Leighton Vander Esch? Yeah, and, and that's you. You can discuss that, and we will all season. I mean, I, I know Van it's stupid. To, very good. On I know point. it's stupid to to ask this four games in. I'm just I, well, no, it's not. It out there. No, it's not because their offense is in such a sorry state, and you look around the league and you wonder how can this offense even be competitive? Right. I mean, okay, maybe we can beat Detroit at home. Maybe we can beat Houston. What happens when we play uh, the Rams, who just last year in AT&T Stadium, that was a shootout. That was 35-31. Right. Green and, Bay was like 35-31. But, that, but that's because you're talking about two very similar offenses. Oh, yeah. yeah. They are. It's identical. A lot of All right, well, we got to get out of here. It's, um, it, it is time to talk to one of our favorite, favorite guests of all time, the great Barry Switzer. Um, maybe we'll recreate my great story of interviewing Barry when um, he slammed the door in my face. <laughs> um, 
anyway, yeah, uh, that's it for the Cowboys podcast this week. We've already had Rangers where we've put the 2018 season to bed. We've also put 2019 to bed as well. Yeah, uh, pretty much. And uh, I think we've kind of done the same on the Cowboys. <laughs> so um, we will get to Texas, Oklahoma uh, right now for the Red River Shootout. So long again, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.